Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Vayetze Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Pasha's Vayetze. The topic of our Aliyah is the mandrakes and the last children. Our Aliyah is 14 psukim long, running from Perak Lamed, Pasuk Yudalad, Tuchov Zayn. Let's take a brief look at the overview of our Aliyah and then we'll take a dive into some points to ponder. So let's start at the beginning. We hear that Ruvain is now walking out it's during the time of the harvest of wheat and he finds Dudaim, a type of plant in the field. He brings them to his mother Leah and Rachel turns to Leah and says, please may I have some of those Dudaim? May I have those, um, those, 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 this plant? Leah turns to her and says, is it not enough? You took my husband, now you want to take my son's Dudaim as well? And Rachel therefore makes a deal and says, you know what, Yaakov, our husband, will come to your tent tonight in place of receiving these Dudaim. And that's what happens. Yaakov comes back from work. He's a shepherd. He's in the field. Leah comes to greet him and says that um, we, have, I, we have made an arrangement that you're going to be spending time on my side, um, in my tent. And because of this, um, because of this of this arrangement, Leah does conceive and has a fifth child, and she calls him um, she, she calls him Yisachar because she, the idea of sachar of reward in a certain sense that um, that she paid or she she bargained for this time to have this child with Rachel. Um, then she has a sixth child, and this child is called Z, um, Zivulun from the word Zeved. Hakosh Baruch Hu gave her a gift. And this is the sixth child that she has. Then she has a seventh child, and this is a daughter who she calls Dina. At which point Hashem remembers Rachel, hears her, uh, her prayers, and, and allows her to conceive. And she has a son who she calls Yosef because of two reasons. One is, Osaf Elohim is cherpos. Hashem has gathered in my pain and my shame. And the other one is, is Yosef li ben acher. Hashem should bring, give me another child as well. And uh, as soon as Yosef is born, Yaakov turns to Lavan and he says, now's the time to go, I want to leave. Here I return to my place and my land and give me my wives, my children, I, will, I would like to leave. And Lavan says, he says, I've looked into my uh, signs and I've seen that Hashem has blessed me because of you. And obviously we're in the middle of the conversation, but this is where the Aliyah ends right now. So let's take a few points to ponder. Question number one is, what are Dudaim? What in the world are these plants that, that Rachel so desperately wants and is willing to make these negotiations for on behalf of? So Rashi says in Arabic it refers to the plant which is jasmine. So um, Yasmin, as Rashi says in the Arabic language. Ibn Ezra says that he doesn't, he, 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 he's, it actually is a type of plant which has the form of a man. It has a form of a man on it. What does that mean? And he, uh, not so clear. He says he does not understand why it should have any impact on, on childbirth that, that uh, Rachel so desperately wants. And the Rashbam suggests it might be Te'enim, might be figs. That, however, the most accepted of these um, ideas today is that of the Targum Onkelos, which is that they are called Yavruchim. Yavruchim today is what's called, known as the Mandrake. So uh, mandrago, um, Mandragora, which is the plant, and the genus, and it is what it is an interesting type of plant. It's a hallucinogenic plant of the nightshade family. It's native to the Mediterranean um, region in the Himalayas. And what is unusual about them, there's many unusual things about them, but their um, roots, if you pull out their roots, they have these two twisted long, longer roots which look like legs, and 
and roots which come out on the side, which almost look like hands, and it comes out looking like a human being. And so there's all kinds of interesting superstitious practices surrounded by them. Some people say that if you're to pull out a mandrake, this is in, not in Jewish tradition, but in uh, multiple other traditions, that if one pulls out a mandrake, it screams and it deafens a person, has to be pulled out without being touched by a human hand, all kinds of interesting things. But one of the ideas that certainly is, is that it, it, it is related to um, a homeopathic um, remedy, which does induce healing, love, and facilitating pregnancy. Just interesting point, and this is generally understood what this is referred to, and which is perhaps explains why it is that um, Rachel is so um, is so interested in getting her hands on these mandrakes. Now, what is interesting in this conversation is that Leah makes the claim: Is it not enough that you took my husband? Now you want to take the mandrakes? How in the world could Leah say that to Rachel? I mean, Rachel gave her husband to Leah. Now Leah is saying you took my husband from me. So the answer is to be found in the Gomorrah Megillah Daf Yudgimomen. Out of the Gomorrah says that because of the tznils, of the modesty of Rachel, that's why she had the merit of having Shaul HaMelech, and because of his tznils, um, in, uh, then he had the merit of having an Esther. The Gomorrah says, what was the tznils of Rachel? So it exp- he, the Gomorrah goes on to give this elaborate explanation that when Yaakov and Rachel we're in the courtship process. Um, he said he wanted to marry her, and she said, but my father won't let me marry you. He's going to play games. He's going to do all kinds of things. So Yaakov and Rachel agree between themselves that they're going to have certain simanim, certain signs. There's a debate as to what these signs are. Are they special gifts? Are they special signs? Are they special halachic spiritual ideas? But be it as it may, they, they make the system between the two of them, so they will know that really it's the two of them, so their father won't have the opportunity of tricking them. So what's interesting about this Gomorrah is that, as Rocham Shemulevitz points out, many people point out when looking at this Gomorrah, is that the word Sneos does not seem to be the apt description. This might be kindness, altruism, self-negation, but the idea of Sneos is modesty. Why is this a description of modesty? So Rav Chaim Shmulevitz explains that the way in which Rachel gave those simonim to Leah, that's the end of the Gemara, that the, the schus she had was that she gave over these simonim to Leah, and that's why it was this act of kindness. So why is that called Sneos? So he explains that when she gave it over to Leah, she did it in such a way that it was so uninhibiting that Leah did not realize this was the key to being able to get married to Yaakov. So she made it seem as if it was so normal, so Leah did not feel like this nebach, like this person who really didn't deserve to get married to Yaakov, which is why it can yield her saying later on, you've taken my husband, because she really thought that Yaakov wanted to marry her, because she gave over the simonim without even realizing that they really were the key to this marriage as well. That's the notion of what Sneos is, and that explains why it is that, um, in fact, as Rashi explains, that when... Um, um, uh, Rachel is remembered at this point in time, it's because when this expression of her tznios, this expression of her sublimation through her modesty and giving over these signs to her sister is expressed by Leah saying, is it not enough that you took my husband? That's the beginning of the process in which allows her to have the merit of having a child as well. Now, what is the cherpa? What is the shame that she is being uh, saved from by the birth of Yosef? So Ibn Ezra says, people would just say nasty things about her even if it was unintentional, just because she didn't have children. Um, and it was, some, of it was, um, some of it was conscious, some of it was subconscious, but people just say things and they talk in ways they don't realize. They're not sensitive to people around them. 
Rashi says no. You know what it is? He quotes a, a, a gada, a, um, a medrash, which says, When a woman does not have a child, she can't blame anything on, the, uh, on, uh, on a child. She has to take the blame herself. When she has a child, then she can say, oh, who broke this, you know, this, uh, this vase, who ate, uh, ate the cookies, you know, and she can say, but nah, you're your son. Very strange. That's what Rachel was waiting for all these years. This is really what, what, what mattered to her so much, was just, just being able to find somebody to blame. So Rav Aram Rivlin quotes the, the, uh, the altar of Kelm, who says a very beautiful thing. And that is that, the, you know, you notice at the beginning of the day, every, every, we say the Birkas HaShachar, the first of the Birkas HaShachar is, that we, are, we say we bless Hashem for instilling in the human being knowledge. And how do we express that knowledge? Well, how do you see knowledge? Is by the fact that the, the sechvi, the rooster, can tell the difference between day and night. Now think about it for a second. It's a strange way of describing the expression of wisdom in the world. After all, you know, there are many wiser creatures um, than the, the rooster. And day and night is pretty much, you know, the greatest and most clear distinction between anything in, in the world. So that's not like the most, you know, express, subtle, ethereal, cerebral idea of knowledge that we're thanking Hashem for. And the answer is because when you start the day, you always start with the smallest things. You start with everything, including even the small details. And that's what Rachel was doing. Rachel was saying, I'm going to appreciate everything of this child, even the fact that I can blame the broken vase on this child. That's how important it was. This is how every special part of it is going to be special to her as well. Now the question is, why does Yaakov ask to leave right now? It seems like just as Yosef is born, that's when he's asking to leave. So Rashi says, well, he is the antidote to, Yosef, to, to Esav. And quoting a pasuk in Ovadia, which is the Haftarah, of the next week, that Yaakov, the house of Yaakov is, is fire, the house of Yosef is the, is the spark, and the house of Esav is the thatch or that's going to be set alight. So you need Yosef to bring it together there. So he felt confident with having Yosef. Why is that? The Maral in his Pirush Gurarie on Rashi explains that a person's potentiality is expressed in their child. So all the ideas in, ya- in Yaakov were only expressed fully in the birth of his child to the wife that he wanted to marry, which was Rachel. This is his predominant, essentially, Bechor, who he had wanted, and that's why he felt confident. The expression of the potentiality in action, which is in the, in, in the, in the, ex- the idea of, of a child. Uh, Foreman does point out that from all from the perspective of Yaakov Avinu, he may think that the bris bed of Sarim, the covenant between the parts, applies to himself. After all, he'd be he'd remembered from his grandfather Avraham that Avram had been told that his children are going to be foreigners in another land. And it says, the fourth generation will return here to Israel. Well, let's think of four generations. Avram's one, Yitzhak's two, Yaakov's three, and the child of the of, of Rachel, who had wanted to have children with predominantly was was Yosef. The moment Yosef is born, this is Doravi. He thinks maybe I've broken the the, the end. I've reached the, the limitation of this Gezerah, of this decree, and now we can return. So he feels confident with that, and that's he begins the process of return. Finally, what's the pro Lavan's response at the end? The Chizkuni explains that he used his trafim, his divining agents, to see that Yaakov had in fact blessed him. It's interesting to see that what essentially he's saying to Yaakov is, well, you've been useful. You have been, you, you have provided use, so that's why you can stay. In other words, he's looking at Yaakov, not in the, the realm of relationships, but in the realm of utility, market utility. You have, you have a value, you've proven yourself well, so that's why you can, it's not because I care about you, but I care about your utility. With this, we close the Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.